everyone, this is Gabriela Batres Salinas and I'm going to be your host for this podcast called Exploring New Places. This podcast will talk about all the places that one wonders and thinks about going. We will explore new destinations, local, out of state and foreign, of where to travel to. Many of the destinations will be about the places that are often overlooked or not considered because people go to the same usual places that are most popular. Here, we will explore popular and unpopular destinations. You might ask, what exactly are you going to talk about? And to answer that question, I will be talking about the destinations, food, culture, activities, restaurants, and people. This podcast is perfect for people that are curious and want to learn a little bit of everything. Therefore, I will try to explain everything that one may be interested when visiting the destinations. Let's get right into it. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Friday and we have a brand new episode. This week's destination is located in Utah and its beauty speaks for itself. It is honestly one of the most beautiful natural landscapes I've seen. For a moment, you feel like you're are going to Mars because of how naturally red the rocks are. And in a little bit, I will tell you why that is. This place is truly amazing. So to get started, let me start by telling you the name of this week's destination that we will be exploring. Our destination is Zion National Park in Springdale, Utah. This national park is unique, stunning, and a great place to create new memories with your family and friends. Zion National Park is a place where you can go to relax while being around nature and fresh air. Today, I have many tips to give you when it comes to getting ready, packing things before going to this national park, hotels, parking, and everything that you can think of when planning to visit this park. I will talk more about this in a second, but first, let me start by telling you a little bit about this stunning national park. So about 7,000 years ago, the Puebloans and Fremont Native Americans were the ones that used to frequent this region of what is now known as Zion National Park. On the National Park Service website, it's explained that before this region became a national park named Zion National Park, this area of land was known as Munkutuweb or Muntuwip National Monument. In 1909, President Taft assigned about 16,000 acres for this monument to be established here. It is said that, that the stunning beauty of this place inspired him to preserve it by making it a national monument. According to the U.S. Department of the Interior, Zion National Park was established on November 19 of the year 1919 under President Woodrow Wilson's presidency, although it was not until 1956 that both the monument and national park were combined. In current time, this park has over 146,000 acres of land. The name of this park was given by Mormon settlers and the name Zion is ancient Hebrew, which means sanctuary or refugee. This national park is very special because it has monoliths and petroglyphs. Um, for those of us who don't know what a petroglyph 
is a petroglyph is the geological term for rock carvings made by using a stone chisel and hammerstone. In the park, you can find various petroglyphs that were made a very long time ago. When you see one, do not touch it because these are precious pieces of art that tell you the story of the land and also they will put you in federal prison and give you a fine for doing so so just don't touch it admire it and you know take a picture if you want but that's it (laughs) i have so much information to share with you today okay so when you are planning to visit please check the weather because temperatures will affect the hikes that you will do here in the park. If it's too hot, it is recommended not to do certain hikes. As in the past, um, people have had incidents hiking, so always be careful. When packing and hiking, always take with you a first aid kit, pack adhesive bandages, alcohol wipes, gauze, blister bandages, tweezers, anti-itch lotion, antibiotic ointment or cream, a compass, a map, which you can get at the visitor center, a whistle, just in case, you know, you can call for help, uh, and reusable water bottles, um, sunscreen, and snacks with you. It may, may sound like a lot, but when you, you can buy the first aid kits, um, and most of the things that I mentioned come in a very small box that you can take with you anywhere and you can find them at at a Walmart or Target and yeah you can find you know everything that you need for first aid Um, also take a watch and your cell phone because in case of an emergency you will need these two things to tell the time and call for help in some hikes um, there's no signal so (laughs) just you know it's important to take um a watch or something to tell time um but it's good you know when there's no signal you can disconnect from the world and if you follow the trail you shouldn't get lost when it comes to what to wear it becomes important to know how the weather will be like because you need to dress up properly you do not want to go all covered up and the weather is going to be super hot but it is always good to check the weather since the temperatures fluctuate depending on how high the elevation of the height of your choice is when i went i went in the springtime so a few a few years ago a few weeks ago and i had a thick water and wind resistant jacket and gloves because it got cold um especially in the shaded areas and it was cold and with the height of the stone hikes it gets even cooler i wore a thick long sleeve shirt leggings and hiking shoes and oh my gosh i cannot stress this enough please wear hiking shoes because they are anti-slip water resistant wind resistant and thick enough to resist some animal bites on your feet not that you are expecting an animal attack but it is always good to take precautions as much as you can in these cases park rangers do say that um it is not common for animals to go where the humans (gasps) where people are um Because they know that, you know, there's a lot of people walking by so they don't get close to it. But, you know, you never know what might happen. And hiking shoes are an investment that that is good. Because um, when you go hiking anywhere, 
these shoes are reliable in the mud, water, rocks, and whatever you find on your path when you're hiking. A tip from me to you would be to carry with you at least a thin jacket just in case it gets cold on your way up of a hike and download the NPS app for maps and hours of operations of all national parks in the U.S. When booking a hotel, my recommendation is staying at the science camp and cottages. They give you a discount when booking directly through them. I like staying at these cottages because you are glamping and you have what you need and they have enough space outside for a fireplace, barbecues for you to cook your food and hammock space for you to relax if you take your hammock of course. These cottages are only 25 minutes away from Zion National Park and you can book with them on their website which is www.zioncampandcottages.com. Their mission is to have affordable rates so that families can gather and have a good time while exploring the area. They have chargers for electric vehicles and plenty of space for you to park afterwards if you want to cap in camp inside the park you can always book books <laughs> you can always book six months ahead of time due to the demand it has a lot of people go to this park so yeah plan ahead if you want to park in park if you want to camp inside the park oh my gosh i'm getting confused you will need a permit which you can get at the national park service website as well and now i will share my experience going to the national to zion national park and it was great like i mentioned before i went during the springtime so the weather was perfect to do hikes it wasn't too cold it wasn't too hot and at times um it would get cold on our way up a hike and some hikes that had shade uh, people wore gloves all the time but it was more of um put it on and off while you were hiking uh, because it was kind of chilly outside but i mean when you're walking you know your body starts to sweat a little bit especially if you're going uphill or climbing you know up so i mean you wouldn't climb down right you climb up <laughs> Anyway, when I went, uh, we did not pay for parking inside the park. Um, they were letting people in without charge, which was amazing. Uh, we were not expecting that, but it was great that a lot of people did not pay. They were just letting them in. Uh, but normally the parking is $35 inside the park or $40 outside of the park. Um, this park is my favorite national park that I've been to so far because I got to see an amazing waterfall and we got to see wild turkeys while being, you know, on the shuttle on our way to another hike and just the trees and the scenery. It's just so beautiful. Looking at those big red red rocks was amazing too. The red of these rocks come from iron. Now, when you go and take the shuttles, to and from your hike usually the drivers of the shuttles or a recording in the shuttle will tell you a little bit about the history of this park for instance i learned that centennial road was named this due to a rock slide that took place 5,000 years ago this slide is known as centennial slide because it caused a lake of 1.6 miles wide and started spilling which is what we see now as the river next to the road where the cars and, sh and the shuttles drive rock slides always happen in that in that area um, that's why it's called centennial road 
Now, the shuttle system is divided by nine stations. And depending on what trail you hike, that is the stop that you need to stop at. Pretty self-explanatory, I would say. To know exactly where and the time of the shuttles, I recommend you to first visit the visitor center before starting your day at this national park. You can grab a map and speak with a ranger for directions and recommendations of where to go depending on the level or difficulty of hikes that you are willing to do. Also, uh, do keep in mind that their shuttles have hours of operation. It means that if you go past the time, of their working hours, you will have to walk to your car and rangers will not give you a lift to your car. It will get dark and you will have to walk to your car in the darkness. So if you don't have a lamp, it's you're going to be walking literally in the dark. So do plan your hikes with time in mind because you don't want to be walking almost eight, eight miles to get to your car. The park is really big, so it could be more miles depending on where you park and how far your last hike of the day is. If you are wondering what trails I hiked, let me tell you that I did two hikes in one day. I did the Watchman Trail, which is easy, medium level of difficulty. The view that you get when you get to the top of the rocks is amazing. If you follow the podcast on Instagram, I did a really inviting new people to follow us while being in this park. Well, the background view of that reel is the view that you get from above when you finish, um, you know, climbing up of the Watchman Trail. It is really beautiful. It's so beautiful that it looks like you are looking at a picture. It's it looks fake, <laughs> but it's real. Like you're like it's there. It's so pretty. The Watchman Trail can take you up to two hours to hike, and when you get to the top of the three hundred and sixty feet you will see a stunning view of the town springdale zion canyon and temples and towers you do not need a reservation to do this hike which is great it is open all season as well the hike is not uh, paved so you will literally be climbing to the top and the top is a cliffside so no bicycles or pets allowed on this hike if you're into geology and identifying rocks I would say this is one of the trails that I saw diversity in rocks. I took a geology course in college and I was excited because I was seeing a lot of the rocks that I learned about in my course. And you could do this hike with children as well, but do keep an eye out with them. I was actually surprised by the amount of children doing these hikes with the intensity of this hike. But I mean, if their parents are into hiking, so will they, right? So yeah, but I saw many families doing this hike and with their children and it was really cool to see the other trails i did that led me to a beautiful waterfall is the emerald pool trailhead this hike is an easy level of difficulty if you stop at the waterfall which is what i did after doing the first hike i was hungry as well as the other individuals that i went with so we decided to stop there and you pass the waterfall you have to climb some stairs and it was like yeah it was just not yeah we didn't do it this hike can take you up to two hours to complete and it's open year round as well it is only 2.2 miles long so it's not that long you cannot go inside the emerald pools because they are for the wildlife only so we have to preserve the water but anyway this waterfall is the one waterfall photo that i also published on instagram i'm saying this so that you get 
more of an idea what to look forward to when you go to this park. Also, at the Emerald Pool Trailhead, you will have to cross a wood bridge that crosses the very famous Virgin River. Unfortunately, you cannot go inside the river or drink its water because you can get sick and die because there's uh, some sort of bacteria there. And if you drink it, um, you can die. I don't know. So just don't do it. So just follow the instructions that are given to you. And yeah, enjoy your day. Restrooms are available at the visitor center and water bottle filling stations as well. You can always find restaurants, restaurants, restrooms before going to your hikes. So go before going to your hike because once you start walking up, there's no going back. And you want to enjoy your hike, not to do them in a rush. That's my recommendation for you to go to a restroom restaurant i keep saying restaurant restroom before your hike um because afterwards you're literally in nature there are no bathrooms there's no nothing so yeah it is truly worth it um if you go to this park it is truly hard to describe the beauty of this place because it is just so beautiful it's so stunning one of the most famous hikes that this national park has is the angels landing to do this hike, you will need a permit from the park. And this is a difficult hike and it could be dangerous for a person that fears heights and gets vertigo. Um, letting you know, just in case you want to try it, this one out. And I'm not sure if I would do it, but but you can try it if you're really into these kind of experiences. But regardless of what trail you decide to hike, you will find picture perfect spots where you will definitely create new memories cameras and great photography really does not do justice of how insanely beautiful it is in person do not forget to bring water and sup and some snacks because you will get either hungry or thirsty after walking for miles or after reaching the top of your hike and do not throw your trash in nature keep it with you and then when you see a trash can throw it there you know preserve the wildlife <laughs> okay so now you know when you're driving to the park's entrance there is a small town and in this small town you can find a lot of hotels which i was told that due to the close proximity to the park they are more expensive that's staying elsewhere you can also find a supermarket and a crystal store i had the opportunity to go visit one of these stores and they had so many different crystals and with different shapes as well jewelry and some fossils all of which are found at zion national park how crazy for the food we took our own food and we cooked it at the gas grills that the cottages have doing that might save you some dollars so if you don't mind cooking you could also do that and it's cool to cook when you're there because you get more of an experience that you're camping but it's really glamping because you have a bed a shower a bathroom a television with netflix disney plus and other streaming platforms <laughs> you get a fridge and other amenities that it's not really camping but it's glamping instead but it's super fun though well, it's been a fun episode today and I feel like I could talk so much about the beauty of Zion National Park. It is definitely a place where you need to visit many times to explore everything because there's just so much to explore. And hiking alone can take you at least two days of only doing that. There are restaurants, shops, and museums to explore inside the park. But before concluding, here are three fun facts 
about Zion National Park. Number one, in the winter of 1989, this park made a record temperature of negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit at night. So it can get really cold. Number two, in 2022, this park attracted 4.6 million visitors. And this is new information that just came out in a news release on April 23rd of this year. Number three, in 2022, park rangers answer an average of 70 emails and phone calls every day to share information about this park. In total, that makes 26,000 requests of information a year. Now we've reached the end of today's episode. Don't forget to share this podcast with your community and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at exploring new places underscore podcast and on Facebook at exploring new places podcast. I will be sharing new photos and some videos that I took while visiting Zion National Park. And remember that new episodes launch every other Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I know it was a little late today, but we do publish on Fridays without a miss. Thank you for tuning in today and taking the time to listen to Exploring New Places podcast. Until next time.